Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, JCPenney still hanging in there by a thread and thinks that if they spend $1 billion, with a B, $1 billion to make their stores prettier, you will start going back to JCPenney. Uh, <laughs> they're not the first to try this. No, no a billion dollars is a giant figure. They may be the first to spend that kind of money, but they're not the first business that seemed to be on its last wheezing gasps that made one last go of it to try to retool everything. And, you know, Kmart did this before they finally gave up the mm-hmm. ghost. Um, Sears kind of sort of did something similar to this before they kind of gave up the ghost. And now JCPenney is going down the same lines. Uh, like you said, a billion dollars by the end of 2025 in a bid to revive the storied but troubled 121-year-old department store chain. That's according to ABC News. Um, I, I would love to know. And I don't know that there's any way to to really know this without taking some like, you know, 300 level course in college about it. What it is that happens in the psyche of the American public when a brand just becomes, I hesitate to use the word toxic. It's not that. I think it's more like antiquated. That, mm-hmm. that, that when something, you know, you say something to somebody and the image that they get in their head is old and tired that I don't know that there's any way to come back from that. And I think that's really more than anything what Pennies is facing. You have to become something else. Yeah. You you just, you have to, and I don't have a good example of that, where that has worked. A rebranding? A total rebranding. I mean, keep the JC maybe, but then call it something entirely different and become something entirely different and target a different demographic. You gotta, you gotta change the whole experience and then it's just a different store. I mean, then it's just a different store entirely. I, I don't know what you do. The only reason I ever go to JCPenney is because it's one of the only places that I can buy jeans. Yeah. Because I'm so short. And they have a petite section, and I can find them without having to get them hemmed, because that's my problem. It is the only reason I go to JCPenney. The only one that I – there are two that I know of. One is freestanding, Metcalf and 135th, Metcalf and 119, something like that. Okay. The other one's at Oak Park Mall. Right. I live nowhere close to either of those two places. So it's it's an adventure if I'm going, and I only need jeans maybe once a year. Sure, and that's the other question I guess you ask yourself about a place like JCPenney is what do they have that nobody else has? What's unique about that business plan? And, I mean, being an anchor store in malls is what made them famous in the first place. 
that in the catalog, I guess. Um, same thing with Sears. Where did you find a Sears? You found a Sears at an anchor store in a mall. Well, the malls are all dying off. So how do you continue a business that is going to be more expensive than stuff you can get elsewhere? Um, and, and coming in and making the stores pretty, I mean, my memories, honestly, of JC Penney were never that fond to begin with. It's not that I didn't like the place, but department stores in general are, are mm. not, they're not fun. You know, nobody goes into a, if we went to the mall, we went to Spencer's, you know, <laughs> we yeah. went to the fun place with all the weird yeah. stuff in it. We didn't go to Penny's. Yeah, it's the reason why people do so much shopping through Target.com and Walmart.com now yeah. because we don't enjoy that whole experience when there are other efficient ways to do it. Here's what they're talking about doing. <laughs> and I don't like this at all. But as part of the plans unveiled Thursday, checkout stations that had been located throughout the stores will be replaced with a single bank area of cashiers. I can't stand that that was one of the things i liked about this the jace penny we have is that and they changed this they took them away there used to be it's a big store it's yeah. two stories there used to be in <coughs> in each section in each department a checkout station a cashier so instead of having to walk clear across to the other side of the store mm -hmm. for one cashier they were scattered all over the place i don't know how this is better to have one Single area of cashiers. Oh, it completely isn't because you know what follows that is the self-checkout. Right. So how about we don't do that? You're right. That is the one convenient thing about it is that whatever section you're in, the last time we went into Penny's, as a matter of fact, I can tell it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had an event to go to where you had to dress up. Well, I don't have mm -hmm. dress clothes. Mm -hmm. So I did the same thing I did when I was eight, when mom took me and said, we have to get you a suit. Mm -hmm. um, and we went in and I got a pair of shoes and I paid for them right there, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and we got a pair of pants and paid for them right there and, and then got out because I mean, they always ask you the same thing. Do you want to go to gift wrap? Oh, please shoot me in the head first. <laughs> she said, no, I don't want to go to gift wrap. Um, and, and yeah, it's just how soon can I get into this place and then get out so we can go do something else? I wonder if that's like the Walmart thing or the Target thing of making you walk all the way through the store to see before everything. you get to yeah. a cashier to right. spend more money. It's why they put the milk in the back of the grocery store. Right. Right. Um, they also, shoppers will see brighter lighting and a fresh coat of paint. Store employees will be equipped with mobile devices to scan inventory. Okay, I don't hate this. And ring up your purchases. Okay, if they're they wandering around doing it. Okay, yeah, keep that up. As long as those employees are easy to find, boy, that could be a mess. Are they going to be bringing <laughs> bags with them everywhere they go? Are they going to have one of those little devices to take the security tag uh -huh. off your shirt? Huh, interesting. Uh, they're also making upgrades to their Wi-Fi network to speed up the in-store connections. That's a billion dollars. They, they have Wi-Fi at JCPenney? Uh, I, for, okay. Okay. Probably for the uh, cash oh, for, registers. For the employees. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I thought uh, if they had Wi-Fi in there, it never really occurred to me to, to even check. But see, that with a department store like that, where it's just this big cavernous space, there was a couple of times over uh, last weekend, I had to go to a couple of places that I, I also don't enjoy very much that have that same big box store kind of feel to them. And both times I went in, I told my wife this when I got home, I said, I wanted to go in and just yell, does anybody work here? Uh -huh. Because you could walk down aisles and aisles and aisles and never see anybody. 
And what I was looking for was kind of an offbeat sort of item anyway, and and nobody ended up having it. But, uh, but, yeah, it was almost impossible to find somebody. So that roving employee thing, well, great if they were actually there. They say that they're going after – they have a new CEO, relatively new CEO, took over in November 2021. He said, now is the time more than ever to make sure we're giving the customers the good experience – they want to focus on the core middle income shoppers with affordable fashion and housewares. How is that any different than what they've been doing in the past? Uh, well, yes. And who else was big in housewares? Uh, Bed, bath and beyond. Oh, yeah. And what happened to them? Okay. JCPenney is not where I go for that stuff, yeah, though. I, I know. <laughs> Just like I don't go to Kohl's for that. Kohl's is what comes to mind, right? Uh -huh. When was the last time you were in a Kohl's? And they have a big houseware section. I go to Target for that. Just like I don't go to Macy's for that either. Or online. Or online. Or places that specialize in it. And, and I go to Nebraska Furniture Mart, you know, not JCPenney. And here we are kicking them in the teeth. I don't think either one of us necessarily wants JCPenney to go away. I need I the mean, jeans. You, no, yeah, I need them to stay in business. <laughs> you need your jeans. And it's not like, I mean, I, I just don't know. Like I said at the very outset of this, I don't know what you do with a brand that has, oh, yeah, my grandma shops there on right. your mind as soon as as soon as somebody says that name and i don't know how you get away from that i mean if you ask me what i think of jc penny i would have said yeah my mom loved it yeah um so what should they do then if this is if this billion dollars we think is not it does jc penny just go away likely do you yeah. you know which is sad i mean kmart hung on for a very long time mm-hmm so did Blockbuster. I mean, so did things that eventually we just didn't have a place for anymore. Yeah, and as we were looking for that uh, that name to, to hang on something like that that really did have a resurgence that was able to rebrand without changing their name, as a matter of fact, but a lot of it also had to do with acquiring other places, was Macy's. Macy's was able to successfully do it. Uh, I don't know how they did it. I don't know the ins and outs of the business plan behind that, but they swallowed up a whole bunch of regional department stores and then hung the Macy's banner on top of them. They did it in St. Louis with Famous Bar. They did it in Florida with Robinson's. They, I mean, mm -hmm. a bunch of these old department stores now are branded Macy's, but that was just because they acquired the whole corporation as they were failing. They need to be bought by somebody successful. Yeah. They, I don't know who's, who's doing well in malls right now. Um, like Von Maurer or... Um, the high dollar ones. Uh, yeah, the high end. Neiman Marcus and, yep. uh, and, and all of the... Lord, Lord, Lord and Taylor, Nordstrom. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be doing okay, but they're also located in the only malls that are doing okay. Right. But maybe, um, just like, is it... Who's the other big one? Is it Bergner's? I can't think of what the one is. That ha It might be Macy's. That at Oak Park Mall has... Women have one store... And then in another part of the mall, there's a separate for oh, wow. everything else. I don't know. Somebody knows what I'm thinking of. And maybe it's not here, but I've been to malls where the brand is so big. I feel like it's Macy's has on one end of the mall. It's all women, all women stuff. The other one is everything else. And it's in the same mall. Who's expanding? Who's doing well that can buy the JCPenney square footage in malls and expand there? Yeah. And, or is that just a thing of the past that you have to... Because, I mean, I know Macy's has a houseware section, but it's not, uh, they, their bread and butter is clothing. 
Um, it, it always has been and probably always will be. So is that model, I mean, Sears was even more diversified in what they had to offer because they, they had the tool section and the homeware mm-hmm. section and the, and the, you know, the patio section and all of that. Um, it, can you even do that anymore? Can you be that diversified under one roof or do you need to, to specialize and just have people go to you for one thing? Thank you to everyone who said it's Dillard's. I knew I, oh, Dillard's. I, knew I was okay. close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Dillard's at Oak Park Mall has a women's store and then men, housewares and everything else is at another part of the part of the mall. So they must be doing okay. And Dillard's is high end. Maybe change the focus to the people that have a little more money. Because mm-hmm. the rest of us that don't are shopping online. And I think you're right about the name. I, I think that a rebrand, keep as much of it as you can. I mean, maybe they go the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC route and just shorten <laughs> it to JCP or something yeah. along those lines. Just make it not sound like a place that's been open since 1935. That's actually really, I mean, Duncan did that. Yeah. You just take the last, it just becomes a cooler version of itself by having a shorter name somehow. If you have thoughts on this one, 913-586-7798. We'll take a break here. A litter of puppies is stolen. You think, well, who would steal a litter of puppies? It's because of what they're worth. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Golden Valley, Minnesota is where we go for this next story that has me asking about the insurance that you get on your pets because of how much these puppies are worth and and it's a heist to talk about yeah it's uh boy uh boy is it ever um a litter of puppies was stolen now some other stuff was stolen as well and they try to make it look like a home invasion kind of but the police aren't buying it they're they're of the opinion that this was an inside job but they said at least three people wearing ski masks and carrying weapons were let into the home by a relative of the homeowner and while they were in there they stole a bunch of things including a litter of eight American bully Merle puppies. Now, I didn't I had to look this up before I found out what they were. Mm-hmm. They're they're they look kind of like pit bulls, but they're a little more kind of husky and shorter. And Merle is is that kind of um it's almost like a variegated fur color. Uh so they're not all one uniform color. Each one of these dogs was reportedly worth between five and ten thousand dollars a piece. So they said eighty thousand dollars worth of stuff was stolen. The bulk of that was the dogs. Um, I had to look it up. Why why are these particular dogs so expensive? And they said it is that coat. It is a mutation of a specific gene that alters the pigment in the coat. And one of the reasons the dogs are so valuable is because that coat is unique to every dog. Yes. So no two American bullies will have the same pattern if they have the same mutated Merle gene. Right. So, yeah. Okay. And and Merle is not that rare in other kinds of dogs. I mean, our our uh, our Corgi, uh, Guava, the Goofus, she's a, she's a Merle. Uh, Collies, they're very famous for either Red Merle or Blue Merle. But... Um, yeah, for whatever reason, in in pit bulls, it's incredibly rare to do that. And outside of that, I mean, I, I don't see very much that separates them from just any other pit bull. Um, so they think this was an inside job. Yeah. Um, as John said, three people wearing ski masks, carrying weapons, led into the home. Um, they, besides the puppies, they took high end purses, jewelry, and video games from the home. 
and left off in a 2019 uh, stolen 19 Dodge Challenger. <laughs> they took the car, okay. too. Of course. Uh, why not? But, yeah, a representative from the police department didn't immediately respond to a request from the folks at McClatchy News. Uh, but, yeah, they said they knew exactly what they were looking for when they entered the home, which is why they figure... They knew what was going on inside there. Maybe it was somebody that had at one point helped care for the dogs or maybe who had done some work on the property and noticed that they were there. Either way, they knew enough to steal the dogs. And just, I mean, I love dogs. I do. I love my dogs. I would love your dogs, too, if I met them. Uh, I just, I cannot in my, in any realm of possibility, imagine spending five to $10,000 on a dog. So I'll come back to my original question. If you have a dog that is worth that much money, do you have insurance on it? Like you have insurance on your car or you have insurance on jewelry or other things that are particularly valuable to you? And does that insurance cover it if it's an inside job? Yeah, well, and and can you even? I mean, mm-hmm. is there such a thing as dog insurance? Can you know? Can you get a homeowner's rider for that or something along along those lines? I've never heard of it before, but I would imagine if you're a breeder, you have to. Um, I guess it, it. I don't know if it would cover something like. I mean, unfortunately, not to bring this conversation down, but puppies die sometimes. Kittens die sometimes, and you know, there's not really any reason for it or whatever. I don't know that it would cover that, but could you get it? Uh, that that would just cover theft of a dog. I mean, go back to Lady Gaga and her French bulldogs that were stolen. Again, I I don't mean to compare dogs to jewelry, but I but it's the best analogy I have is that I have like a couple of rings that are family jewelry, and they are insured because they are worth a lot. If it were to be stolen, you have to put a value on that if you want to replace it. Yep. Do we not look? If I have a pet that's worth five or ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I want some insurance on it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, if you're a breeder, you better. <laughs> you know, uh, j- just because something like this could happen. And if you're if you're known in the dog world for that, if you're known as a French bulldog breeder, well, not only have you had you better spend a lot of money on your security system, if that insurance exists, you better have it. Yeah, so um, hopefully, like I was wondering when you steal something of that much value, what do you do with it then? What do you do with the dogs then? <laughs> Again, where's the black market? The black market pit bulls. For dogs. I, should, uh, yeah. I need to know where the black market is because uh-huh. that's where it's going to go. Oh, absolutely. And and that's got to be uh, – somebody mentioned this on the, on the text line. They said that uh, the reason why Merle is rare in the American bull terrier or pit bull terrier uh, – bull terrier is a different dog – is because it's incorrect and not allowed in any registry with a decent breed standard. So – that means that the world of trading in these kinds of dogs, if they're not allowed in shows, then, you know, if, if it's not part of a breed standard, they wouldn't be allowed in shows. And if they're not allowed in shows, we're talking about people who get them just as pets. And it, it, boy, at that, that makes it even more unfathomable that they would be worth that amount of money. But you then you say, OK, that universe of people who even knows about these dogs is mm-hmm. going to be tiny. So... I mean, yeah, who do you sell them to at that point who's not going to know that they were stolen from the lady in Minnesota? And know that they're valuable enough to be stolen. Yeah. And and want to make sure they're not buying a stolen dog. You know, just like anytime you collect a thing, you know, guitars or whatever, yep. you know enough about that thing to know its value and to check to make sure it's not a fraud. 
Yes. Same thing. Yeah, and um, you know, somebody else said yeah, there are bird dogs that are worth a lot more than that, and you can, in fact, get pet insurance. Okay, thank you for that. Good to know. Um, I And I wonder what that rider would be. Boy, that's got to be expensive when you're talking about something that valuable. But, yeah, where <laughs> how, how do you, in a world that small – get away with selling them on the black market without somebody knowing. I mean, this this story has gone national. It was re-reported by the Kansas City Star, and it's a story out of Minnesota. So it's a big enough deal that everybody across the country is going to know about it. You wouldn't be able to get rid of those dogs. I hope they're not. I hope yeah. that, you know, that they have to finally give them back and go, yeah, we did a dumb thing. Sorry. Hopefully this is, um, this is a suburb of Minneapolis, and I assume a nice one. Hopefully... The circle is small around this family yeah. and it'll be able to it'll be easy to figure it out who who would have had access, you know, little things they're going to learn to see who it was. So, I just hope they get their bad. puppies back. Yes. All right. Coming up tomorrow is a really big day at the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium. We'll go more into the aquarium part coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Well, we now call it the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium. And it is that aquarium part that we want to focus on today because tomorrow is the day it all opens. Yes, and the CEO of the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium, Sean Putney, kind enough to join us on the program to do a little talking about it. Getting excited, Sean. This is an exciting time. Tell us about it. First of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And yes, the excitement has been building for several months now, but uh the last couple of weeks have really been crawling along as we're all anticipating tomorrow. So we, uh, a month ago, we changed our name and included the aquarium. But tomorrow, truly, we will be the zoo and aquarium. Uh, so we're excited about it. There's uh, 34 exhibits. If you haven't heard about it yet, we have 650,000 gallons of salt water, uh, ranging from 350,000 gallons down to just a couple hundred uh, gallons. And many different views, many different environments. Uh, I think it's a wonderful place and a great addition to the zoo. So we'll go through some of the planning and the 10 years and $77 million it took us to get here. But I wanna know, and maybe it's the, the diver in me that asks this, how close can we get? How close are we getting to this universe that we wouldn't be able to see otherwise? 
Well, literally inches. Uh, you'll be able to touch the acrylic, although our ground staff might might not be happy about having to wipe down your fingerprints. But uh, we, we really wanted to make it an experience where people can get up close and literally uh, inches away from a shark or an uh, octopus or uh, a sea otter. So we've got many different viewing angles, many different types of, of exhibits where uh, you can look in and feel like you're, you're a part of that environment. I have to ask this question, and I hope this isn't a dumb question. I really do, but it probably is. I think about this every time I see, a, you know, a giant glass aquarium like that, and you've got yeah. all of these sharks swimming around with what would normally be their lunch, and yet th that doesn't happen. How do you keep – is it just a matter of keeping them fed well enough? That is the number one question we've had from media. Uh, so from media. So you, you are partially correct there, John, in that you keep the sharks well-fed. But the reality is the, the fish are more agile, uh, more quick uh, to move around. And as long as they don't make a really dumb move of swimming right in front of the shark's mouth, they should be fine. Good. I'm not, it won't ever happen that we might have a snack, but um, I, I make the analogy that the sharks are, are kind of in a, a chair and we're bringing them their food, and why would they waste the energy to go out looking for uh, another food and, and spending the energy to do so? So I want to talk about the path to getting here. And of particular interest to you, um, if you can tell us more about your background when it comes to the aquatic side of a zoo, how excited you in particular have been about getting here? Uh, well, uh, being a zoo director, you have to be sort of uh, – in every area and, and responsible ultimately for all the animals in our care. But my start uh, was with aquatics. So I started off uh, at being a person who took care of fish and invertebrates. And I do have an aquatics background. I too am a diver, Jamie. So Love it. Uh, I, th this is right up my alley. So it, it really is close to my heart. Although I, I do have to say that I, do have to care for all the other animals. And I don't want the rest of the staff to think that uh, I like this building the best because it's all important, but it does have a special place in my heart. And, you know, we've talked about some of the animals that are going to be there, sea otters and sea turtles, which I think is fantastic, uh, and the sharks and the fish and everything else. And and I wonder, are there things that, that are built specifically? I know this is an all-ages experience, but are there things that are, are, are built specifically for kids on the educational ground? Because I know that's a big part of being a zoo director as well. Well, you did mention a couple of our, our stars there, and, and they do have good stories. We hope to build upon the stories we do have two touch tanks which will allow kids of all ages but uh to touch animals and really we hope that's the hook to conservation they they remember touching those animals and seeing what they feel like and putting their hands in the water uh the sea otters and the sea turtles do have great messages they're animals that uh for one reason or another that the turtle was probably hit by a boat earlier on in its life and it's recovered but it can't be returned to the wild the otters similar story where they were abandoned by their mom for whatever reason and they couldn't go back to the wild either so the sad story could have been that they would be euthanized but we pro we're providing a home for them where they can live out their life and be ambassadors for their species and even though we're you know a thousand miles to the closest uh, ocean uh, they'll be able to again be ambassadors for their species and for the oceans for people here in Kansas City. 
I think it's important to talk about some of that educational side of this as well. The show is cool. The wow factor is cool. We all love that. But what is there to be, I assume a lot, but in what ways are we making sure kids also learn while they're there and adults? Yeah, so not only while they're here, but we've already created some curriculum uh, that deals with animals from the ocean uh, that will go directly to schools that uh, are in the zoological district. So Jackson and Clay County already have curriculum that includes animals, uh, but it hits on different subjects. So English or math or uh, history, social studies, those sort of things. And it, it buries the, the animals in there. So they're learning while they're having fun. Uh, and then when they come to the zoo, uh, they can also incorporate their learning while they're here. Uh, and that's just for the zoological district. But for everybody else, we'll be having uh, on-grounds learning with all of our camps, people that are coming here. We'll have uh, once we get down the road a little bit, we'll have uh, experiences with keeper chats in the aquarium and with divers as well. We're, we won't start off with those right away because those are potential log jam areas in the in the aquarium. We want people to be able to flow through there. But uh, we're looking at the future too, and and it, that's not only exciting but very educational and conservational too. Sean Putney is with us, the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium CEO. And I want to have you, if you could, just kind of walk us through the exhibits a little bit. You mentioned the touch tanks, and, and we I mean, the big tank is always going to be the big attraction. But I wonder about some of the smaller tanks and smaller exhibits, about animals that may be too fragile or too rare to put in that big tank with everybody else. And we wanted to make sure that we had uh, not just a – a picture frame after picture frame of uh, the same same type of exhibit. So we felt it was important to have some smaller exhibits that also had really neat animals in there. But if they were in bigger tanks, they would probably be either somebody's meal or you just never see them. Uh, so things like uh, small cuttlefish, and we have a couple different exhibits with uh, with seahorses and pipefish, uh, clownfish with anemones. Uh, flatfish. So each each one of these habitats will have a theme to it and allow kids of all ages to get up close to. And when we were building them too, we wanted to make sure that the uh, kids in strollers, kids in wagons, and specifically kids that were in wheelchairs w- would be able to get right up close and see some of these animals that uh, are small in the smaller tanks or, or big in, uh, you know, in our big shark tank. Who named everything? I'm looking through some of the stories of some of the names of some of some of the creatures that you've got. Who got that job? Well, there are a few of us. This whole thing, uh, as you said earlier on, it really the talking point started 10 years ago. But really, we we started to get a bit down and dirty four or five years ago on what we would like to see. And this this really goes back to uh, seeing what works at other aquariums around the nation and what are the big wow factors. So we wanted to make sure it was fun. Uh, but also educational, too. So um, I talked about the turtles and the sea otters. Uh, our line seahorses are in a species survival program as well. But things like uh, jellies, that all these things came from uh, an initial list of animals that we just thought would be great to have here, a wide variety of animals, different habitats. Uh, and you start big, and then you sort of start chipping away at uh, what's reality and and what you can have for a budget of 77 million. That's a huge budget, but but there uh, there are limitations to what we do, and we, we made sure that we're for the budget as well. 
you were breaking up just a little bit there, but I, I've got two questions that are coming in off the text line. I want to have the answer for us, if we could, real quick, about planning your visit to the zoo and the aquarium. People are asking, uh, does the family pass to the zoo get you into the aquarium as well? And does it cost any extra to get in? How else should we, what else do we need to know about planning the trip and making sure that we can get the full experience? I'm really glad you asked that question because that is one of the, the neatest things to me about this project is it is not adding on to what people pay to come in through the front gates. So yes, if you're a member, the aquarium's included. If you're coming to the zoo, uh, you just pay the entry fee and the aquarium is not an additional fee. However, uh, to make it the best experience that we possibly can, we're trying to have people uh, do a timed entry. So if you're getting your ticket online, please do add in uh, your timed entry. That way you don't have to stand in line for an hour or two hours because no one likes to do that. So you can go around the rest of the zoo while you're waiting for your time. Then you can go over there and hopefully the, the wait is less than 15, 20 minutes. And I'm on your website right now because I'm curious to go uh, maybe on Labor Day. And so it's it's super easy. You just pick the date, pick the time. And it looks like you have dates open for times through the 15th of September. Yeah, right now, uh, we just did it for the first couple of weeks just to see how things are going. We will probably, uh, the, the weekdays are going to be the easiest to get in. So if you have uh, times to pick uh, and you're able to do it during the weekdays, I'd suggest that. Um, but on the weekends, uh, if you come to the zoo, we'll make sure you get in and we'll probably be adding on the last couple of weekends in September as well. So you can start planning uh, that far out and getting a timed entry to the aquarium as well. Super cool. Yeah. And I know Can't wait. Uh, definitely. And I know, you know, it's, it's always hard to pick a favorite, especially when you're the one in charge, but if you had to tell people, make sure you see this one thing that's in the new aquarium, what's, what's that little piece that you might walk by that you really should stop and take a look at? Oh, that is hard uh, because of the fact that I put a lot of energy into all the exhibits because uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I really think that each one of them have uh, a different, a different uh, coolness to it. Um, I, I personally have a preference for octopus because they're one of the first animals that I took care of in, early in my career. Uh, they're, they're a little younger. One's only eight pounds and one's 12 pounds. So you'll have to use your powers of observation and look around the tanks because they're uh, doing a little bit of hiding right now. But uh, I think we're going to put up some arrows uh, to help people realize (laughs) where they like to hide. Very good. All right. Well, we will be there again. Sean Putney, CEO of the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, we really look forward to our first trip out to see what you've got. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We look forward to having not only you out, but everybody out who's uh, listening as well. So thanks for the time. And again, if you want to go online uh, to check out those times, uh, just go to the zoo's website. They've got all that up there. All right, to come up to wrap the show, a group of robbers learns uh, that real life is not like the movies. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We are wrapping things up here on a Thursday. Turn this over to Dana and Parks here shortly. All right, this was on our list yesterday uh, that we didn't have time to get to here. But on TV, when a, when a thief can't open a safe, they just shoot their guns at it. <laughs> and that magically works somehow. Just pops right open. Amazing how that works. Mm, that's TV. Yeah, not so much when it happens in real life. This is out of Roxborough, uh, Pennsylvania, which is a Philadelphia neighborhood. And somebody got the bright idea of ripping off the local Wendy's. 
They made off with a few hundred dollars from the cash registers. Uh, the incident played out just after one o'clock in the morning when a driver pulled up in an SUV. Uh, they think it was a Nissan Murano or something along those lines. Pulled into the drive through Two gunmen got out and entered through a rear door that was ajar. Presumably they were taking the trash out or something like that. So they, they got in. And uh, sure enough, they, they couldn't open the safe. The employees didn't know the combination because the manager wasn't there. And they don't give the combination to the overnight employees. They have a drop safe with just a little slot in it. So stuff can go in, but it can't come back out. And, uh, yeah, when they, they got angry that they couldn't open the safe, they fired four shots at the safe as though it was the safe's fault. And wouldn't you know, it popped right open and they got away with all the money. No, no, that's exactly what didn't happen. They got nothing. Luckily, what didn't happen was the bullets didn't repel back yeah. and hit somebody. A ricochet, absolutely. A ricochet, yeah. Because that would have been my fear, but nobody was injured. <laughs> nobody was hit. No, so they, they got away with a couple of hundred dollars out of the cash registers. And for that, and, and look, it's it's a fast food joint. There's cameras all over everywhere. They're going to get caught. It's only a matter of time, and, and they'll be behind bars, and they won't even have had the satisfaction of getting all the money out of the safe to think that they had done something worthwhile. Uh, police said each robber carried what, uh, carried what appeared to be a semi-automatic handgun during the heist. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, this is a big gun. It'll work. <laughs> this will blow a safe open. No, as though the guys who make safes would never think of that. Oh, right. gee, uh, well, nobody will ever fire a gun at a safe. Yeah, they, they're built to withstand that, and sure enough, it did. Then we go to Nevada for this <laughs> next story. Um, so Nevada's trying to be funny, but also trying to get some new business. And they figure, who can we get business from for our brothel? Utah. Yep. Um, you know, what they figured is, and there was a new law that went into effect uh, in, there's there's this anti-porn legislation in Utah. And what they've been trying to do is make it so that you can't go onto a website that's, that's porn. I mean, you know what the porn websites are. So what they're trying to do is make it so that you have to uh, put in an ID so that you can prove your age and everything else so that they don't have people who are underage looking at porn on the Internet. So in response to that, this brothel in Nevada said, OK, well, since Utah is about the most sexually repressed state in the union, we'll give a discount. And we're not. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we'll go ahead and give a discount, a 10 percent discount on all sensual services that's what they call it at the uh, at, at the Bella's Hacienda Ranch in Wells, Nevada. Ten percent discount because they're right across the border from Utah anyway. So they said anybody showing a valid Utah ID will get their discount uh, and maybe that'll give them a little something to do while they can't watch stuff on Pornhub. I, how enterprising of them. <laughs> and Free market. I mean, how, capitalism, you know. The thing is, though. And look, yes, Nevada has a very high concentration of, or Utah rather, has a very high concentration of Mormons. They're not the only ones in Utah, but, but there's certainly a lot of them. And they have that reputation of being a little more repressed than the average. But did it ever occur to the folks running this brothel that maybe people live in Utah because they like it that way? Right. There's a reason that they chose because if not, they would live in Nevada. It's right there. <laughs> right. You, you know, don't have to they move could easily that far. move. Sure. Um, so the woman that runs this brothel, 
claims that for decades, her establishment has been the go-to spot uh -huh. for people in Salt Lake City. Um, but she said in the pandemic, business had to close. When they finally reopened, her Utah patrons returned in droves. Now's come the time for me to express my appreciation for that. Yeah, so a little bit of a discount there. Uh, she's 73 years old, by the way, the woman who runs the, the brothel. And, uh, yeah, she's just trying to drum up the business that used to be there. Now, to that end... Um, I, I have it on very good authority over on the, on the St. Louis side. When you cross the border in, into Illinois, one of the first things you run across is a whole bunch of strip clubs and things like that. Uh, <laughs> they're like right because the, the laws are different and they can, you know, show more or whatever. So, uh, had it on very good authority from one of the guys who ran one of those strip clubs that their biggest weekend of the year was the weekend that the promise keepers convention was in town. So take that for whatever you want. <laughs> you know, it's say one thing and do another when the lights are low and nobody's looking. But again, you're only an hour from the state line anyway. Yeah. Were you not already getting pretty good business? Yeah. yeah. Like she said, it's just an appreciation you know? thing. But uh, I mean, if that's where your money is coming from, sure. Go ahead and slide them a little 10% discount. It's not bad. Uh, and then real quick, we now have the video out, if you'd like to see it, of the tomato fight in Spain <laughs> that happens every year. 15,000 people, 120 tons of overripe tomatoes. Yeah, they do this every year. This town is called Buñol in Spain, and where they have the... Uh, Pamplona does this, too, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. where, they, where they have the running of the bulls. They also have the big tomato fight. But Buñol, if I'm not mistaken, is the bigger one. 15,000 people including people who traveled to Buñol just for this event. Uh, they said pasted each other with tomatoes on Wednesday as the Tomatina street battle took place between the eastern town uh, of Buñol. Yeah, it's a mess. I'm glad I don't have to clean it up. 13 bucks a person is what you pay to be able to do this, so take that for what it's worth. Okay, that does it for us for the day. Today felt like t a Friday. Tomorrow we'll be, we'll be back tomorrow here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.